This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the My Own Man Said podcast, your vaccine to the pandemic of clickbait. Joining me for a match reaction to Villa's first win of the season in their first game, extending their unbeaten run across friendlies, cup games and league games to a figure that I can't, I've lost count now. It's, it's so impressive. Joining me, Mr. Chris Budd. Hello. And Mr. Phil Shaw. Welcome back. Hello. Phil's still feeling a bit sore that uh, in the uh, the last proper episode, 115, uh, if you haven't listened to this show before, this is just a match reaction, the proper, the full experience, you can be, uh, you can find it on 115. We do under an overrated and we uh, we picked the, a Northern Ireland legend uh, and Phil wasn't there. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, you should be sorry. I mean, Northern Ireland legend and... Michael Oakes is schlong and what did I get the week before? Two train wreck right backs. Thanks. <laughs> did we did we miss anything out on uh, Mr. Davis, uh, Stephen Davis? I'm surprised you weren't corrected when you said he scored the winner against England. He assisted the winner against England. He did. Ooh. Was it thinking Ooh. Healy who scored? It, it was, was Healy, Healy cause it? yeah, because yeah. there's a mural up on the wall in Belfast of Healy scoring. We got. Well, that they're going to have to take that down. <laughs> <laughs> Just paint over it. Yeah, we got it painted pretty quick. Well, I, I, I was I was corrected, but I headed to the help. <laughs> <laughs> he was very has been very very consistent on the international stage, and he, he actually carved out quite a long you know a few years in, in the Premier well, he League. He scored a winner him. against England, and uh, well, it was a destructive of... assist that he put through, wasn't it? It was it was you know quite the assist that he put into it, and that was a reasonable England team as well. What do you mean the assist? It's it, it, when Northern Ireland beat England. Did he score yeah. the goal or did he, did he Yeah, he scored the goal. The goal. He, he scored, scored the, the winner. Goal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dan Rogers, to his credit, said uh, he assisted it. And I said, no, he's not a hero for assisting it. We'll take our hero, heroes where we can get them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought because so much was made of that. And uh, I always had it imprinted in my mind. That, that as I said in the intro, uh, sometimes your mind uh, goes wondering, and uh, sometimes you uh, buy into false mythology. But uh, yeah, Rogers was right, and I edited him out. <laughs> Anything else to add? Any other uh, Stephen Davis mistakes? No, apart from selling them. No, there's no other mistakes. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's not at my door. That's at uh, Martin O'Neill's door. Hmm. 
We move on. Anything to say about <laughs> anything to say about Michael Oakes' schlong? No, I didn't. Didn't remember it. All I remembered was a, a yellow goalkeeper kit. That's all he, he remembered. Oh, he always yeah. used to wear yellow, didn't he? Yeah. Well, yeah, he used to get it called. It got called the kangaroo kit, didn't it? Because it was like the Aussie Aussie colours for Bosnich, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. that's right. What was in his pouch? <laughs> <laughs> right. Anyway, moving on to uh, decent goalkeepers. Uh, one featured uh, Mr. Martinez in the one uh, nil win for Aston Villa, which, uh, as I said, extends our unbeaten run in the league to five games, and uh, we, we we pretty much won most of our friendlies as well. I think there's only the Bristol City draw. So uh, in terms of momentum, confidence, uh, whatever else you want to throw in there, it's a long unbeaten run now. And this is a game after 12 minutes, which was decided in twelve the 12th minute really, wasn't it? Yeah, the red card decision certainly changes the, the style of the game we were going to have, I think. And uh, the bottom line test was Villa have to win this or else, uh, I mean, the uh, uh, re- track record last season against 10 men pretty much cost us. Uh, we would have would have survived uh, relegation a lot easier if we could take care of 10 men teams. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, we're looking at easy another six points or so. You're thinking West Ham, Arsenal away, uh, yeah. Watford away. I mean, in the case of Arsenal, when you 1-0 up against 10 men at half time, you should be putting that game to bed. Uh, but in terms of the Sheffield United, it was it was kind of a shame in one way because you wanted to see how Villa would perform against Sheffield United uh, on an on an even playing field because it did uh, warp the game into uh, ten players sitting deep and uh, allowing Villa to come at them and just hope you know hoping that Villa were devoid of ideas and uh, couldn't break them down, which uh, in patches it seemed that way. Yeah, I think you know the. the- Generally, the way Sheffield United plays, they're going to come and have a go, but they can be very well organised at the back, which was basically what we saw. You know, it was virtually attack versus defence for for the best part of what eighty eighty plus minutes. And fair play to you know uh, Chris Wilder for that. You know, I think they they reshuffled perfectly, uh, made it really difficult for Villa. And I don't think we necessarily played badly. I just think we lacked the sort of the spark in our play and the pace to actually kind of break through. You know, two banks of five players. Yeah, we, I mean, we were saying in Match Club at halftime, we, we were coming across as very predictable and, uh, you know, Grealish coming in off the left, cutting in, was being met every time by two or three Sheffield United players. It's almost like, you know, they saw him coming and just led him into a cul-de-sac every time. Yeah, we were actually causing more trouble whenever they had 11 men. I mean, uh, Matty Cash getting a couple of great crossing positions and they got a lot of space whenever they had a full complement of players but um, whenever they whenever they lost a the player it just was uh, they just tightened up and you know they cut down all the passing lanes cut down all the space at all and what they did we just sort of moved it side to side and then threw crosses into the box yeah I, I think we started really well they didn't we started really lively and you thought oh this could be a really good game of football and it just you know, after sort of you know 20 minutes or so it kind of stopped being a spectacle just uh, just tracking back to uh, the the lineups, uh, notable exclusions. Uh, G- Gilbert wasn't there, and also Samata weren't there. And when Smith was asked about uh, why they weren't in the match team squads, he said, uh, "You know, selection. That you know, the players that have been proving it in training got selected, which is uh, a smokescreen for pretty much any possibility now. It's it's are they being sold? Are they are they on their way?" Phil was saying in. Uh, match club about it was already uh had waved off Samata to turkey which is uh you know it's been doing the rounds but there may be some truth in that but i as i said then i can't see villa getting rid of him without being assured that somebody actually is coming in because if somebody does come in then you you understand it 
because, you know, how's he going to get a kick? But if nobody is coming in and, you know, Watkins gets an injury, suddenly we're in a, a very precarious position. I mean, I know Traore can play up front as well uh, centrally, but uh, I don't think he's been uh, brought in to be exclusive to that position. I mean, what, what do you? what's your uh, insights into into Gilbert and Samata? Gilbert surprises me, to be honest, because... I get why Smith would say you know, it's just a selection thing. You know, if you've got El Mahamadi, who can be your you know, a second choice right back, and he can play right side of midfield or maybe even centre midfield, you know, he's a relative utility option. He's a player you're probably always going to have in and around the bench. Certainly, you'll always have him in your match day eighteen. Gilbert, I thought he did really well at the end of last season. I, th- I didn't think he did anything wrong. But if Smith's gone out and spent you know sixteen million quid on cash, he's going to going to bring him in to play him, and he did really well. So we must have been impressed by him in training. I think we'll probably get a bigger insight if we don't see him in the cup game, you know, down in Bristol. Um, yeah. Same with Samata, really. You know, if, I think if they're not involved, then you're thinking, hang on a minute, you know, if they're not, if he doesn't want to play him in the cup games. Maybe they are potentially surplus to requirements, but I, I'd personally keep both of them, which some people might disagree with, but I just think you do need the numbers for now. And if they're not playing, I'd say, well, stay for now. If you're not getting in the team, you know, stay, compete. If you're not in the side in January, then we can loan you out with a view to a buy in the summer or something. But I wouldn't just offload people unless yeah. you know they're not going to play. You know, obviously, like Scotty Hogan, for instance, was never going to play, or James Chester was never going to play, or Kalinich. Those guys are very easy to get out the door, aren't they? These two, uh, well, you need a you need a buyer, but these two, you wouldn't be laying them out. You'd be selling them if uh, they're not uh, happy to uh, compete. Because you know, Gilbert, if he looks just the season ahead, Elmay's not going to be there because his contract runs out. And it's unlikely that uh, at his age, Villa would see him as uh, you know part of the short term future. So you know, Gilbert, he's, he knows he's got a fight on his hand, but uh, from a Villa point of view, you need two right backs. And uh, at this, you know, I'd be happy with Gilbert and Cash. And Gilbert will know that uh, Elmo's not going to be around for uh, you know after next season, after this season. Sorry. I mean, the fact that you know Henry Lansbury, you know, he didn't he didn't feature did he tonight? And um, but I'd expect him to play in the in the cup game at Bristol. So you don't read as much into Lansbury, as you think, well, if Gilbert's fit, maybe he would play, or maybe, you know, I know he had Hawes and Taylor on the bench as his defensive options. So this, you just can't tell. I think you'll probably get a better gauge, though, give it a couple of weeks and see. But, I, I mean, I wouldn't be selling Gilbert, and I actually wouldn't sell mm. Samata either right now. Yeah, I mean, Samata's the one that's got a bit of heat at the moment in terms of the rumours, uh, in terms yeah. of the Turkish thing. But I, that doesn't make any sense unless Villa are getting uh, somebody else in. And, you know, almost no. it's, it's like waving a white flag and saying, yeah, we fucked up on Samata. But I wouldn't write him off completely just yet as well. I mean, uh, you know, here's a guy who, uh, I mean, from just from just if you want a singular moment, just that goal in the uh, League Cup final, not everybody scores a, a goal in the Cup final at Wembley. And it showed you that, you know, can do it. Yeah. And it shows you that, you know, on the big stage, he can perform. It's just a matter of uh, we're still not a team that's not, you know, it's necessarily creating uh, consistent chances. But uh, we'll, f- you know, we'll soon find out if we're getting somebody. And then, you know, if you can get sh- shop of him now, then probably it is a good move. If you can make if you can make money on him, yeah. But I think if you can't, don't bother. Yeah, that might be it. It might be a case of they don't really want to sell him, but they think this might be the only chance to get to sell him. Yeah, but if if somebody else is coming in as well, because you you've got to balance up the wages as well. There'll be a they'll have a a figure in their mind for what the wage cap uh, you know should be, and it's like for example Hogan. Uh, unlikely that they've got much of a fee there. Uh, the main thing is uh, Birmingham wouldn't have been really up for uh, putting a transfer fee and 
if they were going to give him wages anywhere near what he was getting at Villa, because you know that's not as if they've got money dripping out of their pockets. You know, the good news is uh, that you know Villa factor in you know the Hogan wages they've saved. They take it off. You know, they can put it up against whatever they're paying Watkins. But anyway, back to the uh, back to the game. In terms of the, how Villa set up, I thought you know Louise and Horahan were still kind of sitting a bit deep, considering. Uh, United were down to uh, 10 men and I thought you know maybe Louise could have pushed up a bit more or Horahan I mean how, how would you position those two uh, against the 10 men set up you'd probably have one sitting a little deeper and give one license to bomb on wouldn't you and you'd let them interchange in theory if, if either of them want to get stuck in they can I think Horahan tended to drift out to the left a little bit more you saw uh, certainly early on he had a couple of really good crosses into the box and set pieces and stuff so he always gives you that but you, you also saw you know I think j- literally just before we scored he got subbed and walked straight off behind the goal by the whole end and he was he was not best pleased to have been subbed off so I think he was frustrated as well yeah, I think no, he was, yeah. Uh, which, which I don't think is a bad sign I mean you want players to be frustrated when they get brought off the fact that Villa scored from the you know the resulting corner is you know relief for everyone I suppose yeah, I think her hand probably was more frustrated at his own performance because yeah, he, had, he had a couple of decent chances to pull the trigger. One in the first half that he, he really should have hit the target and they just yeah, put he over. Yeah, over the bar, didn't he? Yeah, but then when you're talking about Louise and her hand, they both have a great shot on them and they're very reluctant to pull the trigger. And a game like that, I mean, I know they want to do the patient build-up and not show that we're getting frustrated, but they had ample opportunities to test the keeper and uh, the Sheffield United keeper is a bit shaky at the minute. And you got to also factor in, because Watkins is a fox in the box and he's at the right place at the right time, he's, you know, there's potential spillage there if you're uh, shooting from that distance, especially the zip that Horahan and Louise get on. So, there's, you know, that it's worth them having a pop because uh, Watkins could pounce on that second ball if, uh, you know, the keeper powers it or whatever. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I think that was the frustration for me in that, you know, we, we didn't, we, we, we never really got up ahead of steam and actually made the goalkeeper, you know, work that hard, particularly, you know, he picked the ball out of his net, but he didn't really, you know, it wasn't like we were peppering the goal. And I agree, really had a couple of chances where he'd expect him to hit the target, especially with his, his second chance where he slipped, tries to do it at the near post. But we, we didn't, really whether it was we didn't pull the trigger I thought Watkins was unlucky he obviously had his one that he whipped just over the angle of post and bar which would have been a brilliant goal but I just, I just think we didn't work the keeper enough um, whether that was reluctance whether that was we didn't we didn't work the opportunity and I'd, I'd also give Sheffield United a lot of credit because I think they did set themselves up well they stuck to their task and they did make it difficult for us and sometimes you just have to hold your hands up and say well it was a hard nut to crack but we got the job done 
Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, you, the, the score and, and points are, are all f- well and good. But I mean, let, let's stick with the midfield, uh, McGinn. I mean, when you you know you look at the stats, I'm not that bothered about stats to be honest, because you know you watch the game and that's where you get your feel for what happened. But the, the stats kind of do back up what you saw with your own eyes, because uh, in terms of uh, touches of the ball, McGinn was on fifty fifty six, which is way down on anybody else, and that includes Horahan. Horahan was in sixty nine, and he only you know he only played played an hour of the game, thirty minutes less. Just for comparison, Louise on ninety eight, so. Uh, what you read from that is, you know, Sheffield United sitting back and the play starts deep with Louise every time. And, uh, you know, it's a slow build up until we get around their 18 yard box and try to, you know, crack the nut. And Grealish was on 79, which is in a game like that is quite low for Grealish. Uh, you'd expect him to be up there with Louise. When you consider in games, uh, I mean, even against Burton, we didn't really kind of, uh, our midfield overall is. And against Manchester United in that friendly, when we had a stronger midfield out, obviously against Sheffield United, full full strength midfield, isn't controlling games necessarily as much as you'd want them to control, especially at Villa Park. They kind of get bypassed a bit easy. Yeah, certainly against 10 men as well. You think it's all very good and well having a lot of the ball, but you've got to do stuff with it. So what's what's the problem here? What's the weakness? For me, it's tempo. It's, it's, It's that... Being able to actually move the ball at pace, I mean, you know, I'm going to use a very extreme example, not that we're anywhere near that comparison, but you you, you watch a side like Barcelona when they're in full tilt, especially the Barcelona sides under sort of Pep, and it would be very slow up until that final third, but when, when they need to sort of put the afterburners on, they can go pop, 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 and it's very quick one and two touch passing, and they can move the ball well. They can go through the afterburners. It's the same with someone like Man City and these really good sides. When they've when they're playing against two banks of five, they have that speed of touch to go pop, pop, pop and pull a team apart very quickly. Villa just don't have that yet, or that one killer pass that can take two or three men out of the game. You either have to move the ball quickly or you need straight line speed. And we don't have that yet. You know, Trezeguet is a willing runner and I think Cash could probably grow into it. But if you've got someone, for example, like Wolves have got with a Traore, you know he can just put his head down, get to the byline and take a man or take two men out of the game we didn't commit Grealish was a bit slow sometimes of releasing the ball I mean and noticeably yeah we didn't commit and then we didn't um we didn't overload them enough but I think that will come in time to be honest I think there's there's enough positives to to take from it but there's just there are some there's you know there's definitely some fine tuning to do Uh, I think I wonder is um the McGinn thing it's it's still maybe a hangover of just how bad we were defensively for a lot of last season is his his mind you know is he not fully like releasing himself to to go for it and is he sort of harrying about and sort of holding back just so there's a few men back it's 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 it reminds me a bit of whenever we were saying he needed a rest last season just before he got injured it's sort of he's sort of in that sort of form that sort of mindset Mm-hmm. Yeah, he hasn't can't, since he's since he came back from injury. He hasn't really uh, got out of let's say third gear, has he? No, I mean I remember the, his first game. We did a we did a podcast, didn't we? Namely, like the snap, crackle, and pop, and that's exactly what he's lacking at the minute. It's that real just live wire energy, but done in the right way. I think at the moment you see him. You know, he does a lot of running, but it's sort of chasing shadows and the game passing him by rather than him necessarily. You know, being efficient, I suppose, is the word I'm trying to say. He's in the way he plays. He seems very inefficient right now. In terms, of, I mean, I mentioned that Grealish a few times was uh, guilty of probably not releasing it early enough or, or not pulling the trigger in some uh, cases early enough. How do you get around it? I think one thing is his understanding of Ollie Watkins will obviously grow because, you know, we're, we're yeah. in 
early, early days. I think if you can get Louise working with him a bit closer as well, I mean, uh, Louise is sitting back playing deeper, but he's he can get on Grealish's brainwave because he you know he's got the talent to uh complement him i think as well it's, it's there's a big thing with target and horahan if, if jack has an overlap especially when he's cutting in from the left if you have that overlap you occupy the right back all yeah. of a sudden then they either have to double up on him it's it's occupying the opposition enough so that jack can get one player one-on-one and if Jack's yeah. one-on-one with most people, you're going to back him to cut inside and then you'd think you'll get the shot away. But when teams double up on him, you think, well, then he's going to have to bring them in and either give the ball to someone else like a Watkins or McGinn or Horahan or Target a lot of the time. Because Target was the out ball very often, but he didn't really deliver very often. Yeah, but the the overload has to happen as... Grealish makes his move or else yes. it doesn't really work and that's no. that's the thing they've got to get that timing down I mean the, 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 a great example of that well two of them were, were Grealish and um, Target last season to be fair the, the Brighton goal with the last kick of the game was a great example yeah. of that Grealish took two men out of the game and the Leicester semi-final was exactly that where Jack would hold on to the ball but he would let target bomb on past him and he just play the ball in at the right time it was brilliant yeah because that's the thing if Grealish has got the ball and he's, and he's running into traffic and he's occupying him and then the runner comes late it's, that's kind of too late it needs to happen as he makes his move I mean I always remember you know, this is going back uh, when Villa were chasing the title against United back in the 92-93 season and that Manchester United team when we went to Old Trafford they would it wasn't like somebody, you know, the out ball was down the line, somebody overlapping. It was like they would come at you like eight players in a line, you know, wave after wave of attack. And Villa played, um, you know, to get the draw there was was an astonishing result. And then you knew from that result we're in for the for the title race. But it was a team attacking as one, timed like a it's like a surge, like a wave. Yeah, and they had they had pace, didn't they? They'd have had Giggs and Kinchelskis down either wing. Mm-hmm. While Villa, they'll either get it to Grealish and then players are kind of standing around you know waiting to see what they should do and it's not everybody's not instantly on the same wavelength like right if Grealish does this I go this way you know this guy goes that way they've got to kind of sort that out I mean it's obviously a, a coaching uh, thing I mean we'll, we'll get onto it in a minute but, uh, but uh, we, you know we have to sort out our open play because this time we were rescued by a set play and it, I mean, it was good to see Mings and Konza getting in because they're going to have to be effective and chip in with the goals. I mean, any good team across the board has their centre-backs uh, chipping in, uh, you know, f- let's say five or six goals each a season. I mean, I think whenever you're talking about Grealish, he's, he's quite... It's decision making. It's a it's a fifty fifty decision that he has most times. And like either if it's which corner to hit the ball into for a shot or wh- who to play the through ball to. And tonight it was just like he just picked the wrong decision each time. I mean, it's just typical typical that Southgate was in the, the stands watching him again. He'll, he'll have been making the, he'll have been making the notes in his notepad again. Just X X X. Nope. I mean, it's a different level of opposition, but he was uh, a live wire against Burton. He you know he was fantastic. He ran the game, didn't he? And I actually thought he did really well in the England game when he came on for you know fifteen twenty minutes. I yeah. think it was it was just I don't know, I think I think again you give Sheffield United credit. I think they set themselves up to stifle him, and it was just two banks of very well organised defensive players. I mean, you saw literally the start of the second half from the kickoff, they dropped back to their eighteen yard line straight from the yeah. kickoff. So that was the tactic. Now they were playing for nil nil. I mean, what I'm saying in conclusion is Smith has to work out a way when Grealish is doing X, Y, or Z, what the mm-hmm. other players do to kind of aid him because it gets to this weird position once he goes off on one Grealish picks up the ball and you know starts dancing with three of their players it's almost like the uh 
the supporters, I mean, we're watching now from TV sets or, you know, phones or whatever, and the players on the pitch are doing the same thing. We're just waiting to see what he does next rather than yeah. the players on the pitch getting involved somehow. Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think because there's sometimes, you know, especially when we, when we go two up front, you've got Watkins who likes the ball in the air as well and Davis. There's, there's, there is an argument for putting it, putting the ball in the box if you've got a quality delivery rather than there just being a, an aimless sort of lump into the penalty area. There's nothing wrong if you can put quality in there, you know, deliver. We were saying, it's mentioned Davis, we were saying on Match Club how uh, Villa seem to play better when Davis is uh, on the pitch. And if he could add, you know, if he could become, let's say, make the contribution of a, you know, 10 goals a season striker. And so you knew that if he was on the pitch, he would actually, there'd be a chance of goals. Then you've got, you've got a player there who's really going to contribute because he helps Grealish and uh, he pretty, he pretty much everyone. improves everybody. Yeah. I think what what he does really, really well that goes kind of unnoticed is obviously he holds the ball up well, but what he does is he's great in the transition from defence to attack because he can pick the ball up sort of in his own half, you know, from a you know a lump up the park or a ball down the line, and he just lets people come into into play. He's a really good foil for other players, and that's important. Whereas Watkins, I think he can do that, but I think he's more of a running behind. So I just wonder if I mean, you saw that later on in the game when Smith obviously wanted to chase the three points. That we now know we've got two guys who can probably play together. I mean, they won't have you know, played much together before, but they have all the attributes between them to be potentially quite a good front two. And I think that's really good to know that we've got that as an option. Yeah, I'd probably play them both against Bristol City in the uh, cup game. Just, just to, try it. Uh, yeah, give it a run out. Of course, playing the two of them together, that released Jack in the sort of a floating rule. And, you know, yeah, more like a number look, 10 then. Mm-hmm. Did look like a good shape then for the last 15 minutes. And then you saw like Grealish had more, much more space on the ball because Grealish tends to bounce off Davis quite well. He loves getting that second ball. Um, yeah. Louise is the same. Um, I, you know, I, I think Davis can, can be potentially quite an important tool for Villa. I don't necessarily think he's going to be the main man, but I've, I've referred back to, you know, you sort of think of how like Heskey used to be at Liverpool when he was the foil for Fowler yeah. or, other, or Owen at that, you know, in that sort of Julia era. He was a really good foil for other players, even if he wasn't the main goal machine. Whatever the uh, the circumstances are of a game where we have to break down two banks of four, then having this Davis option that gives you a, a, a totally different dimension could be very useful in that scenario as well. Yeah. Somebody we didn't see because uh, there was too much, uh, there was international clearance, work permits, etc. And because of the COVID situation, they didn't really get it, over, couldn't get it over the line in time. I think it had to be lunchtime Friday was uh, Traore, but we were potentially see him uh, against Bristol uh, City, I would imagine, in the Cup Yeah, you'd you'd expect to, yeah. I mean, this is a good thing about staying in the League Cup is uh, in terms of when you've got a load of new players and, you know, it will do us good to go through the next round as well because potentially we might have a new signing or two uh, before uh, the next round. Is It gives you an extra game to uh, blood those players in or, you know, try new things out. Yep, and... To the penalty save. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Lundstrom and Martinez on his debut pulls off a marvellous save for Aston Villa. That would have given uh, supporters a a big... uh, Huge, yeah bolt of confidence in their number one and his overall gameplay uh you know very claiming, very tidy wasn't it very tidy in possession things. claimed things came and punched didn't he punched a couple of i think he punched once which was a really strong hand and obviously the penalty save is brilliant especially when you factor in the new rules where he can't step forward and get yeah. momentum he has to go straight across and right do his in the corner. Gadget. yeah 
because it's a great penalty. So he's, you know, it's a good save, really yeah, good think, save. So I think, I think the, 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 the defense will take a lot of a lot of heart from that. Fortunately, you know, normally you think if you're getting a South American goalkeeper, you might have like language problems. But of course, he's been in England such a long time; his English is quite good. What do you mean, quite good? It's better than most of his teammates. Well, yeah, but again, his communication will be great, so I think he he will slot in reasonably well. I mean, we'll see how that how that develops, but I think they'll gain confidence from having him behind them. Yeah, his ball control is better than a lot of his teammates as well. Some of the passes were yeah. fizz back into his feet, and he just one touch and then just waited and just played on. So I don't know. We get get Tom Heaton back and move him into midfield. See how he does. He <laughs> <laughs> could do with a bit of height in midfield as well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, solves solve so many problems. Martinez could be the signing of uh, the century so far. Yeah, and I was, you know, I was just I was just pleased for him that you know he made a strong debut, and him and the team will take confidence. I actually thought all the new the new signings have done well since they've come in. Now we've we've seen they've actually uh, be it you now the friendly or the, the the cup game last week or tonight. They've all had little inputs in the games. I thought Cash will take a lot of confidence from his performance. And I think the the, the back four in general, admittedly, Sheffield United didn't throw much at them, but I thought they, they they handled what they had thrown at them reasonably well. I thought Target did okay. He was obviously unlucky, a little bit unlucky for the penalty. Mings was solid. Konza did well, obviously, with a slight hamstring issue and took his goal really well, like a really, really well-planted header for the for the winner. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to take a few games for like Maddie Cash to get integrated because not only has he got to sort out his understanding with his back four but also uh, Trezeguet in front of him uh, I think Mings shouted at him a couple of times actually in terms of the communication down that right flank but uh, you know he'll, he'll definitely get there and I'm quite looking forward to him seeing his contribution going forward a bit more I think he had one one shot but it was kind of blocked out straight away I think it fired into traffic but you saw that uh, they know that's up their sleeve that he can get forward cut in and you know he's not afraid to having a pop yeah and I saw a hint of that long throw a couple of times near the end when he threw it down into the corner yeah happy days no, that's what I was saying about the centre backs put themselves about a bit and get more of a, you know be more of a threat then uh, suddenly that cash long throw becomes uh, even more of an asset no, he had a good eye for a clearance as well there because he stuck in the corner a few times before. We've seen our players, you know, just let the ball run out and things. Cash just put his foot through it and got it right down in the Sheffield United's half. So we could regroup again. So it's just, it's, it's a good football and brain. Yeah, I think that's uh, all from the Sheffield United game. Is there anything else? Uh, I mean, the important thing is uh, the win because uh, the Villa we've been used to would have probably drawn again. And Sheffield United's kind of a barometer team. Because we've managed to pull out some, uh, when I say we've drawn against them, we've pulled out some draws out of uh, freakish circumstances, whether it be a Hawkeye incident or a very, very late comeback. And we've managed to, the swing on beating them 1-0 to scraping draws in the past is our first positive move uh, that we have evidence of that we're going in the right direction. I think if we beat Fulham, then you know that we potentially won't get relegated because it seems that we can take care of business from the teams that maybe aren't the strongest in the league. I'd like to think so at this stage. I mean, obviously, it's a bit early to tell, but you, you know, you can only beat the teams that are in front of you. And I think if we've got this sort of steely professionalism about us, where you know we, we don't necessarily need a lot of chances and have to play particularly well to beat a reasonably well-drilled Sheffield United side, and that that must be a good sign. Yeah, because you've got to remember we're watching games and they're like 5-2 and they're 4-3 from the Premier League so far. But you've got to look at the way we ended uh, the lockdown of last season where did we restrict teams to like three shots in the last four games? Yeah, 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 absolutely. And we had, we had a really good defensive record, didn't we, in the last 
the last four matches, two two goals conceded. I think we've conceded two in the last five Premier League games. So be prepared for the new George Graham's Arsenal one one nil to the Villa <laughs> will become a chant soon if there was cr- uh, crowds at Villa Park. But uh, I don't mind a, a, a period of that if we're beating teams one nil every week. Uh, as long as that those include Leeds, who will who will be thinking they're going to be banging in goals every game. Well, it's a good barometer for Leeds because they play Sheffield United on Saturday. So yeah, they do indeed. Yeah, Yorkshire Derby and Sheffield United have got a tough bunch of fixtures, as uh, Sky Sports kept repeating uh, during the game. So if they don't get something against Leeds, they may be uh, may have their confidence broken if they go you know four or five games without a win. But anyway, uh, our next game up will be uh, the cup game against Bristol City. I think there'll be a sterner test than Burton. And we were flapping a bit against Burton until Grealish uh, turned on the afterburners. So hopefully, I think you might have to go a bit stronger to uh, take care of business with Bristol City. I think so. I think so. I think you've got to take the cup seriously. And I think you've got to use it as a really good opportunity to keep developing your squad. You know, I think with with Konza having his little hamstring strain or whatever it was, tightness, I don't think he'll play. I don't think they'll risk him. So you're, well, you're going to yeah. have to play Mings because, of course, with Engels being out, we're actually quite short on centre-back options if you want to take two out and put two in. So I would expect Mings to play. Mings had, he had something like 122 touches against Burton. For, I don't know. I can't understand why a centre back would have that many touches against Burton. It's just, it's just. A we had a lot that, of the ball, didn't we? That just popped out. Uh, he had more touches than anybody else. Uh, while we're here, Scott Hogan's now left uh, Aston Villa to Birmingham, but uh, and he uh, he hasn't actually played for Birmingham yet since he's signed. But just to give you some context from what difference between well, there, there were two players that came from Brentford. Uh, I'm going to ask you in the tradition of uh, Scott Hogan touch count challenge to guess how many touches Ollie Watkins had against Sheffield United who wants to go first I'm going to go with 30 Mr Shaw I'll go 48 Ooh, second guess 30, 33 Mr Shaw I'll go down 38 right somebody's in the ballpark last final guess that's the only clue I'm giving you 27. Mr. Shaw, you're going to have to hit this one on the head to win this one, Mr. Shaw. 36. Chris Bud gets it. 31 it was. Back in the game. Back in the game. It's been far too long. Just to give you a uh, to, more like an insight into Watkins against Burton, how many touches? One guess each. Uh, 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 35. Mr. Shaw. Nah, I'm 38 again. Not bad, Bud. Not bad. 34. Oh. He knows his Watkins. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just it's just like XG. They don't count. Touches don't count. <laughs> only one. T- he only two touches that counted that night. One he put in, and one he smashed over the bar. Yeah, no, but I mean, I only mentioned this just as a comparison to uh, Hogan. So Ollie Watkins seems to be a thirty-touch game kind of guy. Oh, what a guy! Which shows you he, he gets involved a bit more. Is uh, I think the conclusion to this uh, little uh, sauté breakthrough yeah anyway we'll keep an eye on that see how uh, that one goes right just before we go i just want to give a quick shout out to the my old man said patrons uh, i'll do the uh, the individual shout outs on the next show but thank you very much for supporting the show and uh, thanks to all that joined us in match club uh, we'll do a, a we'll do a match club for the uh, bristol city game but the, then we'll have a proper one uh, for the fulham game so uh, if you have 
joined as a patron uh, do make sure you've connected up to match club i'll put out a notice of how to do that just in case there's any new people who uh, haven't got around to it yet and if you want to join us in match club uh, all you have to do is become a my man said patron and you get access to extra shows as well actually there was an extra version of uh, episode 115 that i put out which uh I think I, I should have put that Team America intro on the main on the main show. To be honest, it was uh, quite funny. What was the closing thing? That was our predictions, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Phil, where do you think we'll finish at the moment? Uh, I'm going to be p- positive for once, and I'm going to say tenth. Nice. We said we we're going to do it on the main show after the transfer window closes, but for those people who uh, haven't listened to the patron show, or uh, I think Dan said. 10th i said 11th what did you say you 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 said 11th to 14th didn't you? yeah yeah so he hasn't got the balls to commit to one place he has to spread spread bet that's that's how you win the touch count (laughs) (laughs) anyway and uh, any closing remarks in this uh match reaction show Uh, just there's a one interesting stat going about about martinez it's the first keeper to save a penalty and keep a clean sheet at villa park which i i can't believe he's definitely the first to save a penalty in his debut but the other start floating about if, he's a, if that's the first thing, then it was the dream debut. Wow. Yeah. You'll have to ring up one of your big stats buddies to get them to validate that, <laughs> Phil. <laughs> big, big lover of stats is our Phil. Anyway, right, until next time, until the Unbeaten Roadshow continues on, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. Healy seems to be moving uh, sprightly enough, considering his worry about thigh injury. Here's Davis. It's a good ball. The flag stays down. Healy! Oh! What a moment for Northern Ireland! What a moment for Windsor Park! They're off the bench. The manager, no change of expression. What about that for your 19th international goal? It's against England! Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A. FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.